Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Very good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to have a quick look ahead to the Cavan versus Cork game this coming weekend. There was a full preview of that over on our diehard service. That's over on patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan, as well as all of our podcasts looking ahead to all of the ladies' action this weekend in both camogie and football. Um, so that's over on patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan. So to look back on the Cavan Horlers uh, round two win, sorry, against Loud, uh, delighted to be joined by Aideen Coyle, who was covering it for Northern Sound. 319 to 119. That's two games in a row, Cavan, have hit 319. And I keep on telling people to go and watch the Cavan Horlers, that they're good to watch. Am, am, I, am I telling lies, Aideen? No, you're definitely not. And I suppose I've been guilty. I haven't got... To a lot of the hurling games, but unfortunately, they just always seem to be clashing with uh, some of our own games. But I was delighted to be able to get in there last Saturday, and I was extremely impressed. I, I've been listening to you and other people talking about the Cavan Hurlers, um, but yeah, you know, a top quality side. It shows the rise of hurling in Cavan in the last few years because they put in an, a savage performance. Uh, to be honest, they were cruising throughout the whole game, uh, they were very deserving of the win. They come the week before from 15 points down at half time. They take it to a four-point game against Sligo and, and then get a brilliant result against Loud. All after being relegated or promoted from Division 3B last year. Um, yeah, no, uh, you know, hats off to the Cavan Horlers. They're on a really good journey here. And um, yeah, it'll be it'll be great to see how far they go. You can see how it meant to the players and the management after the game. They were absolutely buzzing with that win and so they should have been. There's a, there's a real, real honesty about the group. Um that I find Ollie Bellew and, and, and Tom Mannion have, have created there that that they're they're literally you can't come away from the game and say that they should have worked harder. You've mm. you can never come away from any of those games with them. They've got the foundation right on it. Um I was half slagging Matty Hines about him being a corner forward the previous week, but he he's really smacked me in the face with two goals. Yeah, yeah, goal and a point actually. A goal and a point was always head too much. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was slagging him afterwards actually as well. Um, Fergal or Philip Brady had made a comment about him going into full forward. We'll not repeat it, but um, <laughs> Matthew had said he was put in at full forward to work hard in there. He was put in for nothing more than you know to work hard. But I think he proved he's more than capable of being in there. Got a goal um, in the 14th minute and then a point to his name as well. So um, it shows, I suppose, Ollie Bellew's kind of mind frame that he's not just happy to rest on the laurels of last year. He, he's starting to make changes. He's keeping things fresh in the Cavan panel, yeah. trying new things, and it's reaping the benefits. Uh, I thought Matthew was brilliant there. And like that, having an experienced player in the full forward line, you have people like Rhea Delaney then stepping up to it and got a goal to his name. And then the following day, lined up out with the Cavan under 20 haulers. And I think he scored two goals in that day as well. So it's going to bring on them younger players to be in 
playing alongside the experienced ones. And, and I think it worked a treat for uh, Calvin on Saturday. Who were the standout performers? Um, I was really, really impressed with Liam O'Brien. Uh, I think he got finished with one ten nine from freeze. Um, but he was central to everything Calvin done. Niall Clerkin's puckouts were really good, but he aimed for Liam O'Brien in the first half, particularly for most puckouts. And Liam O'Brien didn't disappoint his distribution of the ball. His winning of the ball was really, really good. Uh, I thought Canny Smarter, the captain, put in a real leadership uh, performance. He kind of dropped a bit deeper down the field, still got up the field and got a point. But uh, him alongside Enda Shalvey at number six uh, covered a lot of ground for Calvin, swept up a lot of ball around there distributed it well and the forwards you know the inside forward line Nicholas Kenny Matthew Hines and uh, Rian Delaney weren't left wanting much ball the ball was into them a lot of the time as well and they done well to make a stick so I think overall a really good performance from Calvin I think their ability to retain their puck out in the first half was crucial to them you know they were winning that puck out they were getting the ball in uh, quick um, I've seen the video TG Carter had up from a puck out I think there was a two point game in the first half Niall Clerkin hit a long puck out down to Liam O'Brien. Uh, he put the ball into Nicholas Kenny and Nicholas Kenny out in the right-hand side, the sideline, put the ball straight over the bar. And, you know, it really showed how good Cavan Haulers were on, on Saturday. And it's great to see them getting that publicity from the big mm. stations like TG Catter as well. Yeah. Really, really good for the rise of Cavan Haulers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, um, and, and look, speaking of Haulers, they're, they're, they're doing great work. Keith Green... Is uh, getting round to clubs, and I know my own club in Drummondy are going to be trying to develop a, a few camogues and hurls, um, hurlers over the, the next few years. But we have to start at, at grassroots level and introduce them to the sport, and that's what I think as HDO, um, Keith Green's going to be doing that. So I, I, I'd encourage clubs to get in behind that and, yeah. and give it a go, give kids the opportunity to play it, and and they'll make the decisions whether they like it or not. But your better chance of retaining them in the club if they have the opportunity to play different sports within within your club. So um great great idea there in fairness. Um okay, let's hear from the Cavan manager, um Ollie Bellew and goal scorer Matthew Hines. Delighted to be joined by the Cavan Horland manager Ollie Bellew after a fantastic win here in Kingspan Breffney. Ollie, you must be happy with that. Three nineteen to one nineteen you pick up your your first points of the division three A National Horling League. Yeah, we're we're delighted. Um, delighted with the result. Uh, kind of flagged a wee bit towards the end there and made it unnecessarily difficult for ourselves. It should have been a lot easier than it was coming into the home straight. But for Blade Louth, you know they weren't hanging back. They came at us. It's a wee bit bittersweet because it's compounded last week's result. You know we were so close to getting something in Sligo, and had we got something there, we could have been looking at heading towards the league semi final already. But you know, hopefully this and maybe another point or two and we'll maybe um we'll maybe uh, consolidate our place in three A because we certainly don't want to go back out of it again. Yeah and, and definitely that performance shows that you're you're definitely capable of keeping your place in three A if not pushing for more. You can see the hunger in the boys after I suppose that spirited comeback last week against Sligo. You really pushed at them in the first half. Two goals from Matthew Hines and, and Rian O'Neill and that or sorry Rian Delaney and that left you comfortable at half at half time, four points up. Yeah, last week's conversation at half time was about resetting and coming out and trying to win the second half and giving it a real go. Um, this week we sort of went the other way. We ended up, you know, we ended up hanging on to the game as opposed to chasing it. So it's been a it's been a contrast in seven days. But um, there's the mood and the atmosphere is absolutely fantastic. Um, they're really up for it. They're really up for it, and that's going to be a course shot in the arm for us for the next few weeks. So listen, we we'll look forward to Mayo now. We're going there with nothing to fear. 
Yeah, and loads of positives to take from the game. Once again, Liam O'Brien, um, top scorer on the on the board. But lots of men really, really stepped up for you today. I thought Kenny Smatter, uh, your captain, really stood and led by example in that game as well. Yeah, he was outstanding. He was absolutely outstanding. And I thought Enda Shalvey in there beside him was outstanding. But it's because of the platform that, that they give each other. You know, Canis drops back, gives Enda a bit of shelter and, and vice versa. And they can work. You know, Gavin Fitzgerald, or, you know, he's only a kid. And he's been drafted into the hardest place in the park at full back. And, you know, I mean, he was a passenger today. We didn't, he didn't even need to, to come out of second gear. But, you know, when it was asked of him there in the last five minutes, he really, really dug in. He's a great kid, great prospect. So that whole line getting through the middle, they really complement each other and they work so hard together. It's great, it's great to see them. Yeah, and I suppose that's one thing I would have noticed, the young boys slotting in seamlessly alongside the, the older, probably more experienced ones, Matthew Hines there in full forward, your captain last year, beside Rian Delaney, the likes of Gavin Fitzpatrick, full back there alongside Canny Smatter. You're building something really, really good here between the mix of the youth and the experience in Cavan. I think that was the, sort of one of the policies at the start of the year. You know, there's a few of the guys there that are still kicking around. You know, we've done the crudding and that on the bench as well today, and hopefully it won't be long, too long before Dom's back in the mix. And it really is about having those young fellas and, and complementing them with seasoned, experienced hurlers. But do you know what? They're a lovely balance together. They all look after each other. Great atmosphere. Training's really, really intense. Um, good hard work. And then, you know, they were absolutely busting for today, the events last week's, last week's result, you know. Thanks, Holly. Delighted to be joined by uh, delighted Matthew Hines at the end of a brilliant win here in Kingspan Breffney. Matthew, you've picked up your first points of the Division 3A National League. Um, you must be delighted with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, We knew we had it in us there after last week there. We kind of got uh, frightened the first half, 15 points down to come back, to bring it back to four. We knew we had it in us to give a 70, I think it was a 78-minute display, or probably more than that. And we did, you know, it was, it's brilliant for us. We know we have it in us. We have the hurlers there, we have the fitness and the physique now. So, yeah, you get the rewards from the effort you put in. And we have in the last three or four years, and especially this year as well. So, yeah, delighted, absolutely delighted. Yeah, and I can see that. And I suppose the hurt of last week, losing by them four points after coming back so fantastic in the second half, it really spurred you on in the first half. I thought in the first half you were excellent. The hunger and the desire you showed, you hunted in packs, you hunted in numbers. And um, I'd say coming into that opening half, that was the, the goal to hit them from the start. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, from one to fifteen, your role is that you chase every ball down, and there's no lost causes. And you know, and that's the kind of mindset that Ollie and Tomas and the boys have there. That you know, if you give if you give them an inch, like they'll go a mile. And we just put pressure on from the full forward line. I think that's where I'm kind of out of position. I'm in, in the full forward line, but I'm not necessarily there to score. But I'm there to just harry and harass and chase every ball down to the legs give in and they give in. <laughs> Uh, you say you're not there to score, but you got 1-1 to your name. Not a bad showing for somebody that calls himself a back. Uh, that goal in the 14th minute must have felt sweet. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, I kind of you, you, you think of that. You can, you, you, I don't know, as a, as a back, you, you stop lads doing that, and you kind of know what you don't want a forward to do. And I just said when I got that ball, I said I knew I had the legs. It was fresh, only into the game. Yeah, it was brilliant to get to get one one. Like it was just uh, the opportunity arose, took him on, and yeah, it's rare. What's rare is beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and look, I suppose I was saying it to Ollie there. You've a lot of young lads coming into this team as well and stepping up alongside the more experienced players. Rian Delaney there in, in corner forward beside you. Gavin Fitzpatrick full back. Uh, Liam O'Brien. I'm, I'm not sure what age Liam is, but he's really stepped into the panel this year as well. Another fantastic display from him. But you're. Been a really strong panel here in Cavan Horlin and, and it's something to be excited about. Yeah, yeah, definitely there. Like and 
you know, it's, it's, it's the boys who start, but even the lads who come on there, the last, you could see the last five minutes there, like our backs were against the wall. You know, it, it, for some reason it just didn't look like it was going our way. And then our management stood up, took a few of the experienced players off who were leggy, myself included, and brought all the young lads there and we finished out as strong as we started. You know what I mean? Like, And that's and that's what's a joy to be in with Horland and Calvin at the moment. So these young lads are stepping up to the plate now and, you know, it's a fruit, fruit of four or five years of sticking at it. And, you know, it's, I'm delighted for them young lads to come on because they're going to get their chance because I'm getting older and the space is going to be, need to be occupied at the time. So, yeah, delighted for the young lads to come through. And it's, it's very uh, optimistic for the future of Calvin Horland. Um, I, I, Ali, again, he was delighted with his first half. A very different half time, as he was explaining there, um, than it was the previous week. Um, but... I suppose the most important thing being that Calvin held on in that second half and, and kept that cushion the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And they were cruising, I suppose, at, and then I suppose Loud went and got that goal in the 19th minute, left it a six-point game. A bit of a nervy finish, but it never looked like Calvin were going to lose. And I suppose you said it there, you know, you can't fault the work rate the lads put in. And they put it in for about 50 minutes. And it, was, it was only going to be a matter of time before they kind of had that dip in momentum. But it probably came coming into the final 10 minutes now, albeit they were able to put on subs who, you know, came and made a difference straight away. Jack McGuinness came on and with his first uh, time on the ball, he got a point to his name as well. So, um, look, it was a bit of a nervy finish, but as I said, you know, they never looked like uh, losing it. Loud did try and break down the Calvin defence, but they held strong. You know, Canny Smatter there, Enda Shalvey, even Gavin Patrick, the youngster at fullback as well. Mm. Uh, they looked solid all game, so... Um, I suppose when you go out with the work rate, Calvin Horler started that game. At, it was only going to be a matter of time, I suppose. You know, it's very hard to keep that level of intensity the whole way through the game. But uh, I think he'd be delighted with that win, and you could see it in the interview, or you could hear it in the interview how you know delighted he was with the performance and the start they got meant a lot to them. Yeah, absolutely, and I suppose the uh, the both players and and management deserve the the week off that they have. It's a, a free weekend this weekend, and then they travel over to McHale Park to take on Mayo on the twenty fifth of February. That's sorry, Sunday, the twenty fifth of February. So, um, that's the same time and date as Cavan seniors play loud. Cavan senior men's play loud. So unfortunately, it's going to be divided attentions that 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 day. Um. And then, as you mentioned earlier on, the under-20s lost out in the Ulster Hurling Development League to Donegal, 3-12 to Donegal and 2-5 to Cavan. But they have five games in that league, so plenty of opportunity to to pick up results. And, and the more Hurling these guys can play at county level, the, the better it's going to be. As you said, there's no coincidence, Ryan Delaney doing well on Saturday, going out and getting an extra game in on Sunday. He's just getting a a crash course and and a, and a highly intensive learning experience there. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it's great to see that link up between the under-20s and the seniors. And I suppose it'll only push them under-20 players on as well when they look at players like Rhea and getting their opportunity at senior level to, to aspire to, to be that person. So I think the under-20, um, I know Michal Boyle is doing great work there. And I think it's it's great to have that league for them lads and that step, stepping zone onto the, the senior team. Um, another thing I was very impressed with on Saturday was the crowd that got behind Calvin Horlers in Breffney Park. You know, the roar of them, there were four points up at half time. The reception they got leaving the fields um, was outstanding. And at different times during the game, you know, they really got behind them. So I think for me, not that it surprised me to see the crowd behind them, um, but, you know, it was great to see yeah. that large crowd that, that got behind them in, in Breffney Park. Yeah. It's really, really good to see. 
I I I have to say, like, I I love going to the hoarding games, and and I I I might sound like a broken record, but and and this was this was converting me from I didn't really have an interest in hoarding. I have to yeah. be honest, and and probably for a good few years I I went to games, but I I wasn't interested in them. In the last two three years, the interest has gone through the roof because of the passion you see the guys playing with. And then the support has has gradually built up and built up. And now they're really vocal. Like even over in Sligo, the Cavan support probably out out roared anyway and maybe outnumbered the Sligo support. And you know, they really get behind their team. So it's um it's something that I, I I'm I'm loving when I get the opportunities to go to the games and, and, and loving the way that, that they're such a close knit community and if we could replicate that for the footballers, I tell you, we'd be a whole lot better off. We we genuinely would. So it's, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to have to battle with you to get to the games when we're both available. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to toss a coin or something. Yeah, we'll be fighting to get to them. We it's will. Absolutely. Okay, thanks for that, Aidan. Thanks, Damien. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Okay, so now uh, Paul Fitzpatrick from the Anglo Celt joins me to, uh, to look at ahead to this weekend's game um, as I said earlier the, the, the podcast we, we go through the full preview last time we were down in Cork though we had a good old experience in terms of it led to promotion um, Matty McLean over the team well, I can't remember exactly what the score finished on it but I remember it was Cavan were quite comfortable yeah it finished 14 points to 11 um, but Cavan kind of led all the way I think mm. I remember in that game um, if I'm not mistaken Cork put on a big push at the end um, and Cavan held on the Cavan were, were comfortable it was a freezing cold day that day I remember that it, it was, was Baltic yeah it was absolutely freezing at one stage Cavan were 5 up in the second half they had a cold fist to the point to put them 5 up so that could give you a better indication of the pattern of the game it wasn't a 1 point game where Cavan tacked on to an injury time or anything Cavan there, were better is there many likely survivors yeah I make it 8 so no uh, way yeah I, I think with the 5 definite starters I in think, who played in bo- played back then? Kill- Killian Brady, Jason McLaughlin, Park Faulkner, Killian Clark, twenty eighteen, Darren McVitie, Jared Smith. That be it. Ushin Kiernan, maybe. Uh, Killian Brady and Jared Smith weren't playing that day, uh, but they were on the panel that year, as far as I remember. I think. Yeah, I think they were. I think so. Yeah, under McLean. Oh, I'm not a hundred percent on that. Actually, now it's starting to ring a bell. Maybe I don't. Maybe think Jerry Smith was there in Medina in second year. Actually, no, not sure about Gunnar. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The five wor- that will start if they're fit are Faulkner, McLaughlin, Halla, Clark, and McFeedy. Uh, Keeping O'Reilly started that day as well. They scored three points, one from play, um, and got. Did he get taken off that day? He didn't get taken off that day. I don't think, but. Uh, oh, he did. Sorry, yeah. If you remember, he was having a great league, and Medina kept taking him off. And he had a great championship and was taken off. Remember <laughs> yeah. against Donegal? Ocean Kieran and Con- uh, played that day, and Conor Brady came on. 
So that's okay. two more. So there's eight on the panel. Five will definitely start. I don't think Ushin Kiernan is going to be fit or Conor Brady. So keeping it right, he might start. So possibly there'll be six survivors. Um, a lot of players there obviously gone. David Phillips, James Farley, Martin Riley, Enda Flanagan, Brian McGee, Niall Clerken, Conor Mina, Edo Cole, uh, Gerald McKernan, Stephen Murray, Keen Mackey, Thomas Gallagher, David Brady. All Jeez. gone. David Coldrick for me that actually refereed that game. So Look, there's a lot. There's a lot of flux. Goes out saying uh, since that, but again, as we were highlighting recently, for the most part, that defence has remained intact. Mm. There wouldn't be too many days where you wouldn't have at least four of them playing. Uh, if you go back to all the Cavan games for the last seven, eight years, which is which is really speaks volumes about the the quality of those fellas and also their their persistence with it. Cork have scored twenty one times in their opening two games. Cavan have scored twenty eight times. Cork have two goals in that twenty one. Um, should Cavan's average of 14 be enough to get them over the line? 14 did the job the last day. You'd like to see Cavan obviously getting the goal. We haven't been a good goal-scoring team in recent years. And in the first two games, goals have been hard to come mm. by as well. Uh, so it should be a bit more easy to come by in this one, though. Tur- they've sco- conceded three goals Cork in their opening three, two games. So there should be an opportunity here. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah, well, Donegal League 2 against Cork, but... They would have been annoyed about that. Like that's one of the linchpins of McGuinness's philosophy that you don't concede goals. Mm. Uh, famously, Mickey Brennan was the only player to score a goal against them in 2012. Well, we were no. constantly reminded of. <laughs> he mentioned it once or twice. <laughs> um, so it was all, probably always going to be difficult to get to get chances. I think James Smith probably had the only chance for a goal the last day. Yeah, um, and he he hit that one wide. He probably was only a half chance as well. To be fair, mm. they had men back. So <clears throat> we've we've kind of previewed this one at length already, but um, I think we're all fairly optimistic about this. All as in me and you. Yeah, yeah, well, sure, that's all the counts really, isn't it? That's <laughs> all of all the people that really have. No, but I think the, I think there is a bit of optimism out there. I think there's a, there's a a few diehards heading down the road that are that are looking forward to it. Um, I think I think from listening to Ray Galligan there, there's a determination within the group that. That they they want to get back into winning ways as quick as possible, um, and and this is the first opportunity, and that that's a positive here. And Ray, kind of, you know, I'd say almost bullish that let let's get straight back up on the horse here. Mm. Uh, no, it, it absolutely is, and anyone who wants to hear that, there's a full interview with him on, over on the Patreon, and uh, I thought I thought I was very encouraged by it. I yeah. Thought that he sounded a good note there, and like he's obviously he fancies this. Um, he, he's confident that the Cavan are going to go down here and get the job done, which is what you want. And I don't see why not. Now, I haven't predicted a win, but my prediction is on the Patreon. I'm not going to go back into the reasons for it. But uh, I'd be I'd be hopeful that, that coming into the home stretch, this is anyone's game and that Cavan can, can rise to the occasion. Yeah, I think so. I think there's there's enough experience on, on the Cavan team at the minute and then enough fresh youth I suppose uh, fearless young lads that we can get it um, see so you don't know what you're going to get with Cork <coughs> like the point was made to me when I was when I was checking in with a, with a few lads who covered the team in Cork that one fella says they could easily sip in the Tatcha Cup and he said they could also make an All-Ireland semi-final yeah yeah he yeah. said you just don't know if the draw fell right he said I, you know, he said they'd be a mile off it if they were to get that far but he said could they get a nice draw get through the the and into a quarter final and take out the likes of Mayo or someone. Absolutely. They beat Mayo and Roscommon in the championship mm. last year and they tend to be the they populate the last eight, those type of teams. Yeah. 
and that was championship football. So they also beat Loud as well a couple of years ago. I'm not sure, did they beat Loud last year as well? You know, they have some decent results there. Um, but they've also had some very bad results. So they're a little bit like Cavan, but they've mixed in much better company than Cavan. Like they've That's it. consistently played the likes of Dublin and Mayo and Kerry. They get playing Kerry all the time in Championship football. We haven't really rubbed shoulders with with those teams in the really top bracket very often. So they have to be respected. Yeah, yeah. It's a phrase that you overuse. Yeah, you have to respect. <laughs> I only have about ten phrases yeah, there. Yeah. Make a living off them. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, look at best of luck to to Cavan at the weekend. Um, I suppose commiserations to Gary O'Rourke on losing the Sigerson Cup final. Although he didn't start in goals, they conceded three goals UCD. So maybe he should have started a goal. Did you get watching any of this? No, I didn't get watching any of it. But I was saying on the pod the last day, whoever this fella is that took his place must be good, and he is. He's the, he's the leash goalie who yeah. who got three points to play against Longford. So they're they're uh, well stacked with goalies there, but. Um, Interesting when you mentioned the Sigerson, four Monaghan fellas playing in the final across the two teams. I think there was over a dozen Tyrone players. Over uh, a dozen Tyrone players on the two teams, was there? There was, I think there could be 13, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, so like, like obviously um, University of Ulster are going to yeah. be a lot of Tyrone. Yeah. Like. So what does that say, really? We we don't seem to be to be producing players uh, at Sigerson level to the extent that we used to. And Cavan has a long tradition of success in the Sigerson Cup. Yeah, this year wasn't the worst of it. Mm. Like this year was significantly better than last year in terms. We had Liam Brady and Gary O'Rourke both played in goals in the Sigerson Cup this year uh, for for Galway and for UCD. You had um, in TUD. You had Cormac McGill and Niall Carlin making the starting team there. Um, there was a few others oh Ryan Dunne who obviously with, with uh, DCU and I think Kean Boylan was coming on or was on that panel as well uh, Dara Lovett Kean Riley and who else was on the TUD panel like, there, there was actually a bigger representation of Nike captain players Niall Carlin was vice captain yeah, yeah with, with TUD um, so there was a bigger representation of Cavan players uh, Dean Kilkenny actually from Corner Fane was on that TUD panel as well um, but compared to the previous year where I remember we, we discussed it and how terrible representation Cavan was mm. I think Emmanuel Shea was playing in it too with Sligo. he played in Sligo uh, Connor Casey was on the Minute Sigerson panel um, there, there's a few more I can't just think now off the top of my head was there yeah, somebody so maybe it sounds loan? bad but yet again another, <laughs> another year passes and no Cavan man gets a Sigerson medal back in the day when, when the Sigerson was four teams um it was dominated by well not dominated by Cavan but a huge amount of Cavan players mm. particularly in UCD there was a huge amount of Cavan men um, went to UCD back then it, it was just a different landscape um, a lot of, of young people from Cavan go to college now in, in DIT or TUD as it is now DCU they weren't there back then uh, Trinity was seen as a Protestant bastion back then and the church didn't want people going to Catholics going to Trinity uh, so if you wanted to, it was probably in the 60s as well, the Troubles and all, so on, you weren't going to Queen's, it wasn't really an option. Mm. So if you wanted to get a tour-level education back then, UCD was far and away the, the, the place of choice, whereas that has changed now. So, But I have a book, I think Paul Paul Rouse might have written it, A History of the Sigerton Cup, but it's full of Cavan, Cavan names, yeah. especially back then. So that has faded away. Back then, though, like you would often get players back then that might win four Sigerson medals in their time in college. A lot of college courses were five years back then, 
And it wasn't that big of well, it was a big achievement, but it wasn't unthinkable to win four or five Sigerson medals because it was a four team competition and Queens were way behind. They only won it for the first time in fifty seven. How it used to work was it rotated around the provinces and uh let's say UCC were hosting it, they'd do the draw and give themselves Queens in the first round. So they were into a final. Meanwhile the other two would kill each other. And by all accounts, Sigerson football back in the day was the roughest football ever. Oh yeah, bloodbath. Yeah, absolute mayhem and, and referees didn't mind. Uh, so it was a different landscape but like we had a period about 10 years ago where the likes of DCU and so on were full of cabin players and like mm. you had DIT winning the Sigerson with David Givney and um, Ross Jordan and I think Martin Riley was on that Who's uh, the last cabin player to win a Sigerson Cup medal? I'm asking it without knowing the answer I don't I don't know I'm afraid to say because I probably missed an obvious one but that DIT team was well had a good representation. It gave me was midfield with Aidan O'Shea. I actually went to Atlone to watch the semi final of that that year, and Aidan O'Shea was like he's much maligned, but he was unbelievable. And Givney wasn't far behind him. Givney was playing out of his skin that time, but Aidan O'Shea at that level at that time owned the game. Yeah. Now people criticise him a lot, O'Shea, but like he really had had a lot of talent um, at, that, at that level certainly. But yeah, we don't see that anymore. So it's. Maybe it'll change. Maybe there's just there's just a wider options as well of of um, third level institutes to go to, and the cabin ones aren't going to to some of the teams who happen to be successful in football. There's probably a bit of that too. It's a little bit of demographics there as well. But um, I suppose cabin institute are doing well at a lower level as well. They're they're off to three this weekend and and have an opportunity now to to get their hands on a cup as well. So a lot of cabin lads on that. But you know, Sigerson is the is the sort of blue chip competition. Yeah, it is. And uh, yeah, that, that game, so they take on John Moores from Liverpool um, in the semi-final on Friday afternoon. I think it's at two o'clock. And then on the Saturday, win or lose, they're either in the the, the final or the, the Shield final, I think it's called, uh, Saturday at 12 o'clock. Um, so hopefully hopefully the Cavan lads can get over the line. Cavan Institute wish them the, the very, very best of luck. We, we went through... Um, that on the podcast earlier on in the week over on Diehards as well looking back on that one so we'll be bringing you the reaction to that game as well um, over on the Diehard service next week so I think that's all we've time for that's it Damien thanks very much folks for listening to the McAvoy's Super Value GEA podcast best luck to all Cavan teams out this weekend yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and Larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that you're in Cavan nice are you was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe and it's over the lap and Kevin are not buried yet. Kevin doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Kevin! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah! <laughs>